Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Is your business to know about the law and how it's affecting every aspect of your life? Is your business to know about what's happening that's really important in the media front, particularly as it relates to the law? And so that's why I'm really excited about uh, John O'Connor joining our uh, media team here. Uh, he'll be doing uh, reoccurring commentaries on business, the law, the political front, and the media. And we're delighted to have him join us. Uh, he's distinguished in uh, the legal profession. Uh, he is an experienced trial lawyer practicing law in San Francisco since the early 70s. And he has tried cases in state and federal courts throughout the country. He served as an assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California, representing the United States in both criminal and civil cases. But he may be best known for his work as the attorney of Mark Felt, whom most of you know as Deep Throat in the uh, Watergate uh, situation. And uh, he became very familiar with the role of the Washington Post in Watergate in his representation of Mark Felt. And so uh, he brings a lot of experience. He also wrote briefs regarding uh, Patty Hearst, the United States versus Patty Hearst, and really had himself involved in some of the biggest lawsuits of the uh, 20th century, representing the uh, federal government uh, in the vast majority of those cases. So we're delighted to have him. He's going to be bringing his interesting insights uh, every other week here on the Price of Business show. You can learn more about him and his work at postgatebook.com. That's postgatebook.com. And that's the name of uh, the, the book that uh, he talks about most often. It relates to media, Postgate. And again, that's postgatebook.com. All right, with that, John O'Connor. Thanks, Kevin. The Price of Business has asked me to speak about the unintended costs of America's climate agenda. In John Prine Schumer's song from the 1970s, Dear Abby, each writer to this fictional advice columnist seeks resolution of an unwanted situation which the complainant's activities had made inevitable. To each writer, the columnist advises, listen up, buster, and listen up good. Stop wishing for bad luck and knocking on wood. By the same token, President Joe Biden's closest advisors did not wish Russian carnage in Ukraine nor slaughters by Hamas in Israel. Their policy decisions did much to enable, if not directly cause, these horrific events. As Biden was taking office, Russia was close to defaulting on its sovereign debt. Oil prices had plummeted during the COVID pandemic and had recovered, but only to a level of about $45 a barrel, a seemingly stable plateau, as of November 2020. Putin always had his eye on the whole of Ukraine after strolling through in 2014 to the Crimea, while President Obama offered the besieged population blankets and meals ready to eat. We cannot fight a war with blankets, complained President Petro Poroshenko. However, Putin's economic woes rationally determined him from gobbling up the whole of the country, notwithstanding Biden's perceived weakness. But almost immediately, Biden gave him, perhaps unwittingly, a great boost, declared an end to the oil lease sales on federal lands, offshore drilling, and fuel pipeline approvals. The result, unsurprisingly, was an immediate oil and gas price increase as markets anticipated lack of future supply. 
prices quickly rose by about $30 a barrel and have hovered slightly above that ever since. Biden later blamed rising gas prices on the invasion of Ukraine. In fact, these increases occurred well before the invasion, caused by Biden, not Putin. Certainly, this unexpected wealth for Russia funded the Ukrainian stalemate. Put differently, if oil and gas were around 45 to $50 a barrel, Putin would be forced into a face-saving armistice if, in fact, he had invaded at all. Russia's gain, though, was far less than the pain to the American individual and companies. Rising fuel prices cost all goods to rise in price, our clothes, our autos, medical and electronic devices. Countless consumer items are made of fossil fuels. Concrete and steel need massive power to produce. At a modest estimate of a 5% inflation tax, Americans have paid about $1 trillion annually because of this inflation. With national debt soaring, the government's borrowing costs exacerbated the national debt as T-bond yields soared from about 1.5% in December 2019 to over 5% today, more than tripling. We should also not forget the effect of the Inflation Reduction Act, a trillion-dollar boondoggle mainly aimed per Biden at climate agenda subsidies. So all of these price rises directly come from the climate agenda. With the nation's debt and profligate spending becoming unsustainable, many in Congress are questioning the fiscal wisdom of supporting Ukraine. While some such support seems wise for our future safety, our spending on climate does not, causing our present legislative disarray. The electorate blaming Biden for inflation justifiably and with an election looming. He recently has feverishly sought to lower pump prices by inducing extra supply, but of course not from our own abundant reserves. This entreaties to Venezuela and as a result, 500,000 immigrant green cards. So this administration must also beg Iran for help, quietly easing import restrictions. Iran's previous sanction hobbled production was 2.4 million barrels per day by early summer 2023. But with a wink and a nod, Biden has eased sanctions Although not formally, an Iranian production will soon reach 3.5 million barrels per day because there will be no enforcement of sanctions. This amounts to a windfall to Iran of about $90 million daily, or about $30 billion annually. So even though Biden's recent $6 billion payment for hostages seems to enrich Iran unconscionably $30 billion a year in sanctions relief, is far greater. Like Russia in 2021, Iran has America's financial wind at its back as it supplies both Hamas and Hezbollah. While Biden says America stands with Israel, the smart money would not bet on his reinvigoration of sanctions in response to the recent Iran-supported Hamas barbarism in Israel. It is clear EV mandates harm the domestic auto industry while strengthening China, the world's main refiner of rare earth minerals and producer of solar panels and batteries. Additionally, other than Tesla, it is the world's major manufacturer of EVs. Its centrally managed economy has been slowing, but America is rescuing it with its climate policy. America's own economy, it is hoped, will get a shot in the arm from AI and cloud storage growth. But these technologies require massive expenditures of power, well beyond current capacity. This power cannot be supplied by windmills. Since the proposed Biden EPA rule dramatically tightens power plant emission standards, many ultimately will be shut down in the future. So artificial intelligence will have to be developed in a more welcoming environment like, say, 
Taiwan, along with the world's most sophisticated chips, already attractive potential spoils for China. In spite of all these costs, isn't it the case that they are necessary to avoid the existential threat, so-called, of climate change? Two answers. First, assuming the correctness of the perceived climate threat, none of the proposed remedies, such as they are, will achieve any substantial improvement per the noted expert Bjorn Lomberg, even assuming the larger pipe dream of a fossil fuel-free society. The second issue is whether the hypothesized threat is real. Decades ago, science mediocrities like Al Gore and John Kerry have been ranting that the science is, quote, settled, unquote. However, Biden's and Obama's climate czar, Stephen Koonin, recently unshackled from politics, published a book entitled Unsettled in 2020, the title of which says it all. Initial climate alarmists was caused by feedbacks which were poorly understood involving clouds and water vapor. However, more sophisticated recent analysis, including intriguing research into the iris effect and cloud phase feedbacks, suggests that there is very little feedback at all of a positive nature. Thus, even a doubling of carbon dioxide would cause only a 1.1 degree centigrade rise if there are no feedbacks. If there are only slight feedbacks, as is suggested now, perhaps that increase will be 1.5 degrees, and we're only at 50% increase today. Joe Biden originally washed his hands of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and it would be unprincipled to suggest that he wished the harmful slaughter by Hamas of Israelis. In fact, the best defense for Biden to his clear enabling of these two stomach-turning depredations that he and his advisors did not give all of these consequences much thought. The climate lobbyists simply told him to do as they dictated in exchange for political support, and that was that. But in fact, Biden's climate policies are a main driver of world disorder. Iconic comic strip character Pogo, frantically marching his ragtag army through the forest in search of the feared opposing forces, after much maneuvering and reconnaissance declared, we have met the enemy and it is us. Biden should but will not be making a similar announcement.